0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. So excited that we have everyone back. We're running four wide. And it is going to be uh, just an all out win totals assault on your podcast feed. Just boom, one after another. We're putting in work so that you can have all the information that you need before making your own win totals picks. We're going conference by conference, division by division. And at the end of it, we will be doing uh, a win totals locks episode to let you know our full thoughts on everything. Today we will begin with the ACC Coastal, the ACC Atlantic will follow, and while as we sit here recording on Monday morning, I guess it's decision day for Texas and Oklahoma? I mean, we'll, we'll just start going through the process, right? I mean, is any, anybody expecting that the Big 12's late, uh, late pitch to give Texas and Oklahoma more money— while everyone else is taking less money, is that going to be enough to get Texas and Oklahoma to change their mind? As we're taking over and unders, I will present this prop. Do you think that the Big 12 will be successful in keeping Oklahoma and Texas? Is yes no. plus 400? <laughs> yes 400. is
2: like plus 5,000.
0: Really? Okay. So this is, it is only signaling to the rest of the Big 12 and Big 12 fans we tried.
1: I mean, Because like, that's the thing. Like if the Big 12 is telling Texas and Oklahoma, listen, if you stay, we'll give you a bigger piece of the pie. Like, awesome, great. Is that pie as big as the one we're going to get splitting with the SEC?
0: I mean, the I- 1.5 pitch it feels so disrespectful. If I'm like Oklahoma State. Or something like that, like, wait, we're yeah, all gonna no be, choice. yeah. I guess, I guess you're right on that. Well, <laughs> the des-
3: um, the, the, the it reeks of desperation, it's almost embarrassing for the Big 12. Like, to me, it's one of those relationships where there's one side that's the desperate side and like trying to keep the relationship together, and it's so unattractive if you're on the other side. That's what I think it would look like for Oklahoma and Texas now. Like, yeah. Like, cause I think they could have like of all the things they could have done. Like if you had a package deal of adding other teams to try to compete with this super sec, maybe, but it's too late for all that. It's too late to package some deal together.
0: Yeah. You can't I, go ahead.
1: I was going to say what I'm interested in seeing, and I don't want to derail too much because we do have win totals to get to, but I'm interested to see if the bidding war begins because Oklahoma and Texas is only telling the Big 12 they're leaving. They're not announcing they're joining the SEC. And if I'm in the Big Ten and I've got a new TV deal coming in a couple years and I know Oklahoma and Texas are looking to get out of the Big 12, why aren't I calling to see if they're they're dead set on the SEC or if they have interest in joining the Big Ten where we got a new TV deal, we're going to make a ton of money we already do, and then we add you two, we're going to have even more money.
0: This isn't the transfer window, Tom. We're not just out here all yes, willy nilly, just trying to like get. We're going to take Oklahoma and Texas on loan with an option to buy. Like, we I, I can't do that. I'm not. By I'm the not.
3: way, it's official. What? They've announced their uh, intention to leave the conference uh, right now. Yeah, Brett McMurphy. I just saw. Yeah, now everyone. Like, pick your writer. has all saying there's a statement out from Oklahoma and Texas.
0: Bing, 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 yep. bing. Yep. <laughs> all the sources have been informed. Okay. Um, well, I've been waiting to say this. I also for-
2: don't think oh, go ahead. that this is necessarily all about money for Texas and Oklahoma, right? Like, to me, this is also the SEC and Ohio State rating their recruiting territory because they're playing in leagues that are seen as more big time. And certainly Texas is to blame for a good part of that because if Texas had not just screwed around for like the last, I don't know, you know, decade plus, maybe the Big Twelve would be seen as as more big time. But certainly those kids are getting pitched. Hey, you know, come play in a real league, right? Come play in a league that wins national titles, that plays defense, that plays, you know, form of football that looks like the NFL. Uh, I think, in no small part, recruiting played a big part in this. Mm -hmm. To see all those guys, you know, think about the the draft that we did. Uh, over the last month or two, all those drafts. I mean, a lot of those guys are from Texas who are playing in other divisions. If it was another team other than Texas, I would buy the money part a little bit more. And I think the money is important, but I think Texas is trying to secure its future uh, as part of one of the the major conferences out there. that They don't view the Big 12 as being such.
0: Yeah, I was thinking prestige play. Like you're, you're trying to set yourself up because you believe that the SEC is going to be the neighborhood you want to live in. And they're just trying to go ahead and make sure they get a house. All right, gentlemen. We all ready to count it up?
3: Let's do it. Do as much as I think it's the, the under count is a safe up. play, like I can't even.
0: Count them up! Count them up! How many kids are gonna win this fall?
3: I can't fathom who wins.
0: How many kids are gonna
3: win this fall? I just can't. I don't see it. Not,
2: it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere.
0: The iconic 2018 Louisville under, that would be what Barton Simmons was discussing when he said, not unless there's another schedule out there that I'm not looking at. Of course, it cashed as the uh, bottom fell out. That was Bobby Petrino's final season. Barton never had to sweat whether or not that was going to be over or under eight wins for the Cardinals. Uh, I reached out to him to make sure he was still cool with us keeping the sounder together because it's one of my favorite parts of the preseason. We begin... With the North Carolina Tar Heels. And our over under win total is at 10. We love our partners at William Hill. Sources from the Edgewater have said all round numbers are cowardly. So, uh, as we look at this over-under win total of 10, we have uh, a very tough season opener at Virginia Tech. You are drawing a road trip to Notre Dame that will not be a conference game. We remember Notre Dame came to Chapel Hill and won as an ACC opponent. You avoid Clemson. uh, High win total. It would be a a big-time year for North Carolina. 2015, the last time that we really uh, sniffed this kind of number. I will throw this, Danny, to you first. Uh, how are you feeling about North Carolina and ten wins?
3: I hate the ten. Uh, just to echo what you just said, I wish it was one way or another. Because if it was ten and a half, I'd take the under. If it was nine and a half, I'd slam the over. It's at ten. I'm going to take the over. I think it's juiced. That it's it's juiced to the under, right? So I can get some value. I think. Yeah, minus
2: one forty-five to the under, one twenty-five yeah. to the over.
3: Yeah, so I can get a little better value on the over. I'm a believer in Mac Brown. I, you know, he's, he was ridiculed when he was hired. Um, he's been exceeding a lot of the expectations since he's been there. So I'm a believer in the coach. I'm a believer in Sam Howell. Um, if Sam Howe played anywhere else, like, he has 68 touchdowns through two years. Trevor Lawrence had 66 through his first two years. Like, some of the numbers that he's put up are astonishing. And I know he's had an incredible supporting cast that a lot of is gone now. But I thought you saw a glimpse of the replacements in the Orange Bowl when a lot of those guys opted out. And they played Texas A&M still pretty competitively. In fact, the score I thought was a little bit different as Texas A&M scored late. I'm a believer in Mac Brown's recruiting prowess. I think he's going to have some uh, you know, younger players who will contribute. I'm a believer in the Tar Heels. I'm going to take the over.
1: Well, if they weren't cowards – I mean, I, I think the push is probably what's going to happen. Like every time I go through North Carolina's schedule, I keep coming back to 10 and two, 10 and two, 10 and two. So I'm going to go under because I feel like nine and three is probably more likely than North Carolina going 11 and one this year, because when you do look at their schedule, like they open the season right away with a tough game at Virginia tech before they get Georgia state. And then it's Virginia at Georgia tech, Duke FSU, Miami, then the buy Notre Dame on the road, like, that's going to be a tough one to, w- to win. I think that Notre Dame, while we don't really know for sure what they're going to look like and how good they're going to be in 2021, I don't think the floor is going to fall out from where that program's been the last few years. So, going to South Bend is still going to be really difficult. So, I see that as a more than likely loss. When you get Florida State and Miami back to back, like, if those two were separate, I'd think they're both probably solid wins for North Carolina. Because I do think that Miami's a lot closer to the Tar Heels, obviously, but back-to-back weeks like that that Miami game becomes a lot tougher if you play, you know Florida State we'll see how they look but if they're if they've kind of got something going come October and they're playing better and North Carolina has you know a, a tough game with the Seminoles and then a, the next very next week they've got to play Miami that could be a tough one to get through without suffering a loss so there's two possible losses the Virginia Tech season opener is a possible loss at Pitt in November on a Thursday night trappy there's a yeah there's a possible loss and then nc state on a friday night to end the season on thanksgiving weekend so i, I just think i th- i think this is gonna be a very good team i think they're going to win the coastal i think 10 wins is the most likely outcome but i think nine and three is more likely than 11 and one so i gotta go under
2: yeah i i have um you know i i have nine and three or worse at about 65 percent. so you know for that reason I, I have to go under here I mean, the break even if you're going to lay minus 145 is basically you know, what 58 and a half 59, I think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, obviously Uh, math wise, I just, I I have to go under there. Um, The timing of the schedule is something I don't necessarily love for the Tar Heels. If I'm North Carolina, I would much rather play the Hokies late in the year, especially if they have like the Justin Fuente getting fired uh, thing swirling around Uh, Fuente's teams have typically been good on opening nights. So I just, you know, historically like they're well-prepared. They, they, they advance scout well and then they, oftentimes do pretty well. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to go under. I also, as a principle, I do not like betting overs on double digit win totals for teams that I really don't think are like national championship caliber in power five leagues. I just don't do it. So I would almost, almost always blindly go under here. Cause what's the, what's they have to go 11 and one to win. Mm
0: -hmm. No belief. No belief. Danny's the, I like this team a lot too. I just, you know, no, I'm I, i I, I'm on Tom's, by the way, the, the push to under is my, because every way I rack it up, I get about 10 and two, uh, Notre Dame and Pitt are the losses I've decided on right now, but you could trade those out and you could tell me that Miami gets them or, Hey, guess what? Mac Brown's never beaten Florida state. That Florida state team last year was not as good as North Carolina last year. I, I think that North Carolina has undoubtedly a 10 win team. I think it's a tough schedule and nine and three is more likely than 11 and one.
1: Does help that they have what might be. I mean, we'll see, but they they might have the best QB in the conference too. So
3: they might have. The, uh, she, yes, they might have I, the yeah. best quarterback in the country.
0: I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The most
3: gifted. Yes. The most gifted. Maybe not the number one overall pick. He's got the, that, Moxie you know. though. Yeah, he does. He's a gamer. You Know what else they have going for him? And I think this actually helps Mac Brown this year because I I know Mac pretty well and know his mindset and how much. He was so fearful for coaches after big wins and how to keep teams motivated. He has the Florida state loss last year going for him so that before any big game, before any crappy game, really, he can remind his players, Hey, last year, what were they ranked fifth in the country? Mm -hmm. And he came out after and was like, we weren't a, you know, number five team in the country, but he can remind his team throughout the week leading up to it. Hey, If you let your guard down, that's what can happen. Last year could happen. The other thing I would say, too, when we're rolling through the schedule and you guys are both like Virginia Tech and Virginia, those are toss-up games and Florida State. Have you guys seen the win totals on Virginia Tech and Virginia and Florida State? Like They're not supposed to be very good teams. I think North Carolina – Those are
2: not toss-ups to me. I I, I have UNC favored by – Ten? I would say – Yeah, I mean, close to double digits, but not in that like 21-plus – no doubt category. Mm -hmm. And look, I, in college football and in all sports, really, we're really good at figuring out who the very best teams are. And we can tell you, UMass who the worst teams in college football are going to be. But like, we see this every year. The middle is very jumbled up. I don't know who's going to be two through six in the Atlantic. I'm pretty sure Syracuse will be last. I'm pretty sure, you know, Clemson will be first, but I could see NC state finishing anywhere from two to six. Like there's a lot of variability. And, you know, I, I would, throw this back around on Danny here. And I first of all, I think if, if UNC goes over this total, they their defensive line has arrived a year early. And they've recruited well enough to have that defensive line arrive a year early. So like it's certainly possible that they do. But like to you are let's say Wake, UVA, FSU, Georgia Tech, Pitt, NC State, Tech, like those are pretty much locks to you? Yes. If they lost more than one game in that, you'd be surprised?
3: Yes. I would. Okay. All right. Like, I, I think so I think they lose two of those. Okay, but I think it'll be interesting because I think there is a play. If you're going one way on North Carolina, you're probably going the other way on Miami. Let's see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How many games are gonna win this fall? The Miami Hurricanes over under win total of nine and a half. They of course open the season with Alabama. Alabama in Atlanta on the first weekend of the season. Uh, you get Florida State as your annual crossover. You've also got NC State, that game coming at home. Uh, other non conference, App State, Michigan State, uh, Central Connecticut State, the juggernaut. Uh, but really, that non con, especially that Alabama App State, Michigan State, pretty tough. Uh, win total here at William Hill set at nine and a half. Um, let's say, Bud, what about you?
2: I'm playing under here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm playing under on both of these top teams. I don't love the nine and a half. Uh, I, you know, just based on on my numbers here, I, I see them uh, very unlikely to beat Alabama. That's probably not, you know, really a surprise. I, the juice here is also yeah, significant, much much like it was with with the UNC bet. I mean, you have to lay what minus a dollar fifty mm-hmm. to to go under, but I I, I see this more as a nine win team than I do a ten win team. I'm fairly confident Derek King gets back and, and, and is healthy. Uh, I have a little bit less confidence that that the defensive ends will have the same impact that last year's guys did, and I don't have a lot of confidence in the receiving core. And the better teams that that, that uh, Miami played, they just manned them up on the outside and said, "All right, what are you going to do against Clemson?" They didn't really have an answer against UNC. They really didn't have an answer, and this is a bit of a tricky schedule, right? I don't I don't see them losing to Central Connecticut or Duke, but Michigan State is a pretty near a certain win, so is Virginia, but they're not like locks where Miami is going to be favored by you know twenty four plus. Your North numbers didn't
0: have Michigan State beating Michigan and Northwestern last year. Like this, sure. this Michigan State team could be a wild card.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm comfortable going under here. Uh, it would not shock me at all if we get UNC push Miami under, uh, but I, I just want no part of of these two overs because then if you if you say that you're betting these like teams that you think can make the playoff and maybe could win a playoff game, I think, if you really want to bet. Like, I just don't see these teams as quite that quality.
3: Don't you think that's – like, don't you think they're – playoff isn't the right term, though, when you're talking about these. Don't you think they're division winner, like going to make it to the ACC Conference Championship game, but they don't have a chance against Clemson, but they both dodge Clemson, so they could still be 10-win, 11-win teams and just come up massively short against Clemson.
2: I think the division winner is six and two in the league.
0: So that's just a rating of the both Miami and North Carolina. You think they both got two ACC losses and that's going to easily take you with the Alabama and the Notre Dame non-cons on the unders for both of these.
2: Yeah. This is not one that I'm like slamming down. Like, no doubt you have to go bet this. I definitely bet UNC under Bud's lock of the century Miami (laughs) under nine and a
3: half.
0: Is anybody going over?
3: By the way that would be so ACC coastal if you did yeah. see the, you know would be a 6 and 2 or or worse.
0: Yeah, 5 and 3. It usually is. Yeah, yeah, the 5 and 3 Georgia Tech team that shows up in the ACC championship game and puts a scare in Florida State.
1: And I, th- I think that was my favorite thing cuz you know they released the uh, the media poll for the ACC this morning and good old coastal well, while it's heavier on North Carolina than you typically see in any other year at least we've got that whole 6 of the 7 teams receiving a first place vote.
3: Yes. Whoever had Georgia Tech should be fired.
1: But apparently the in-house media vote in this poll too, like the people that do the media for the team. Uh, Okay. So so that's how somebody has NC State winning the The ACC. The entire
0: ACC. Yeah, no, and Jeff Collins definitely had somebody in his office Go and place first place votes for Georgia Tech. Um, I'm ditto. By the way, I, I'm also on this under. I know it'd be a, a big price delay, but too many question marks for me. And there is a, a very base level assumption that we take with all Manny Diaz defenses, but they lost some really really good players off that group last year. So um, I think Bubba Bolden's one of the best safeties in the ACC, but they need some players to step up. Good players who have potential, but um, I would need to see it first before I feel really confident. Is anybody going yep. over? Oh, go ahead. No,
1: I, I, I'm I'm on the under as well. I think that this is I mean, it's a it's a combination of like timing, too, because like that non-conference is not, you know, for what we typically see. Yeah, obviously, central Connecticut's in there, but that game is normally the one that breaks up the difficult non-conference games. That's following them. So going with Alabama in the opener, which barring a miracle is almost a, an, an absolute loss.
0: But it would be App hilarious.
1: State, it would be hilarious. Yeah. App State, they should win pretty comfortably, but. You never know. App State's a very good, you know, G five team, good Sunbelt team. Maybe something crazy happens. Michigan State, as you mentioned, Chip, kind of a chaos agent last year. They're also a solid Big Ten team. I can't just write them off. I think that Miami wins that game sixty-five percent of the time, but they're still that thirty-five percent. They've got North Carolina on the road. It's off a bye, which helps, but still that's a difficult game. And UNC uh, has some good corners, by the way. Like they can do to Miami what Clemps did to Miami. Good point. Mm-hmm. Pitt on the road will be a difficult game. FSU on the road will be a difficult game. And also we don't really know the status of Derek King early in the season. So when they're playing that like more difficult non-conference schedule of Alabama, App State, Michigan State, King might not be a hundred percent. He might not even be playing in those games. And I think that's one of those kind of wild card factors that we have to consider too. So I'm leaning the under here, not a, not like a solid you know, not like a solid lock, but I, I think nine and three is probably where this Miami team finishes.
0: Count them out! Now we enter the real coastal chaos portion of this. uh, Jumping down from nine and a half winds down to the sweet number of seven, where you will find the pit. Panthers. Uh, This is a group that returns 19th-year quarterback Kenny Pickett, fresh off his name, image, and likeness deal with a local brasserie because he's just so classy like that. As he's maturing as an adult, Um, the the Panthers have some pretty good wide receivers, they got to figure out how to run the ball offensively. That's going to you know require some some big steps forward. That I know that the team and the players have been talking a lot about. Uh, Defensively, like a Manny Diaz, we do this thing where we just assume. It's like, hey, that defensive front for Pitt is going to be something special. And listen, what we've seen under Pat Narduzzi is probably worthy of that. Uh, the non-con includes uh, at Tennessee, UMass, Western Michigan, New Hampshire. The cross division does include Clemson, uh, but it is Clemson at home. It, uh, the other cross division, Got you'll love to see it as a Pitt fan. Uh, it's going to be going up to the Dome to play Dino Babers in Syracuse. So over under seven wins Uh, Tom, first word. It's
1: terrifying, but I'm going over. I mean, again, this is another situation where I hate the even number, but I look at this schedule and it's like, okay, UMass is a win. Western Michigan's a win. New Hampshire's a win. Duke on the road should definitely be a win for Pitt, seeing from what we've seen of Duke in recent years. And Syracuse on the road should be a win considering what we've seen from Syracuse in recent years. So there's five wins right there. And you look at the schedule, it's like Clemson is one that they probably don't really have a chance to win, but again, it is Pitt, so they always have something of a chance. They could beat North Carolina at home. They could beat Miami at home. And then games like Virginia at home, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Tennessee kind of fall more in that coin-flippy kind of range where they're either favored or they're the underdogs, but the spread won't be as so large that you don't think they've got a chance either way, so – I could see them with all those, with those five easy wins or what five definitely should be wins in my book for them. And all those coin flips and only one real game where I don't think they've got a chance in hell. I think they can get to eight. I think, I think six, seven, eight is where they're going to end up. And I don't think it's a clear cut either way, but I have eight and four slightly more likely than six and six.
0: Over. And I think nine and three is the ceiling. I, I, and listen, I was like, because I had to actually pick all these games and then do the, the fallout from it, so you can't necessarily switch mm-hmm. it up. I'm, that was the first exercise that I did, and, and I'm going to you know, apply some of my you know, own tweaks to it, especially before we put this on a locks situation. But I, I think that that spot against North Carolina gives them great opportunity. Um, you know who else is going to be coming up to the big old mustard bottle? It's Miami. Like it's really tough for any ACC team that draws Clemson, Miami, North Carolina. Those are the three best teams. They're about a touchdown better than anybody else in the league. But two of the, all three of those opponents are coming to pit. And so if we're looking at uh, this team that's always seems to be in one possession games, always seems to be in like weird last minute crunch time situations. If if they can be in a crunch time situation, I don't think they will be against all three. But I think they can get at least one, if not two. I'm going over. I feel like six and six is far. Six and six means they've had some real injury issues, and I think that seven and five feels easy, and eight and four is attainable. So I will take over seven.
2: How how many ACC teams will be favored in all four of their non-conference games? (laughs) I think the list is pretty small. So while Chip is correct to point out uh, that they do play Miami, North Carolina, and they draw Clemson, uh, and that's difficult. They, in my mind, are uh, very likely to go four and zero in the non-conference, and three and one at at the worst. Uh, I I'm also playing the over here. Uh, this is a it's kind of a slight play for me. The 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 push stands out uh, really as by far the most likely outcome for Pitt, in my opinion. Uh, I have a little bit of concerns about them losing Weaver and Jones on the defensive line. A little bit more concern about them losing you know Ford and and and, uh, and Hamlin in the back end, but Kenny Pickett, you know, is back. They're more experienced. I like that they get the Hokies uh, pits off a of bye. The Hokies have to have to play Notre Dame the week before. So that's mm. kind of a nice little, you know, situational spot. I like that they play Tennessee real early because, I mean, there's gonna a chance a Tennessee might have a little, like, difficulty gelling. I think Pitt should mm-hmm. it should be rolling by then. So I don't really mind the, the road game at Tennessee that much. So I, for those reasons, I'm, I'm going to play the over. Um, but it's not something I'm rushing to the window to bet
3: be over as well whoo
2: oh
3: man it's a pit pod it is (laughs) it is. pat narduzzi since he's been there he has been at least seven wins all but twice one of them was last year with one less game which would have been a non-conference so we probably essentially would have had it the five and seven 2017 year is the only other year to do it i think Pitt is one of those teams where you don't really have to worry about an atrocious season, like where the team throws in the towel and all of a sudden they just lose the last three games. We've all said they're going to be competitive in a lot of these games with some of the really good teams, like a UNC, like a pit or like a Miami, because they play them at home. I think they're a tough out. And I think that's a lot because of the culture that Pat Narduzzi has created. They're a tough out. So as much as I kind of look at it, I'm like, it's probably going to be seven and five. Like I think all of us kind of look at. I would take the upside. I think having a super senior like Kenny Pickett, not more from a leadership standpoint and a stability standpoint than a production standpoint. And if he does elevate his level of play, then I think you could get upwards in eight and nine wins, and you could have a special season on your hands.
2: So I have that with a ninety percent chance to make a bowl. By the way.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Uh, I don't
2: okay. really want to bet under seven on a team that I, I think the floor is six.
0: Good call. Interesting. Uh Danny, I'm glad you mentioned throw in the towel because I actually saw last season uh, a great turn of that. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but they took four straight losses. There was a one point loss to NC state with a blown lead. There was an overtime loss to Boston college with a mixed missed extra point being the reason that they ended up losing that game. Then they lose 31 19 to Miami, kind of a, a weird low scoring game. That might've been when Kenny Pickett was hurt. Then Notre Dame blows the doors off them on national television, 45 to three, that team could have quit. They, they, Turn it around. They beat FSU, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech, win three of their final four, only losing to Clemson, and finish the season in a much better space. And that was with uh, Ford opting out in the middle of the season. Uh, you know, that was like they were starting to potentially have that bottom fallout moment, and they didn't. And so I, I definitely think that that speaks to what you're saying with the culture and sort of the expectations, both inside and outside of that program. How many games are going to win this fall? Turning our attention to the Virginia Tech Hokies over under win total set at seven. Justin Fuente among some of the most interesting uh, hot seat type coaches. You heard Bud mention earlier, you know, playing them early in the year versus late in the year. There are these like big iconic games on the schedule that are at home that really feel like in terms of I don't know about the administration, but at least in in terms of the fans and how they feel about Justin Fuente, I feel like performance against North Carolina in the opener, performance against Notre Dame, uh, those are going to be things where they, they don't want to have inner Sandman playing, and it turns into exit Sandman because you're losing by 21 in the third quarter. Like, this is a very, very important season for the Hokies. Over-under win total set at 7, but uh, what where, are you... Do, you, do your numbers take into consideration the Justin Fuente factor and how have you uh, looked at making this win total pick?
2: Yeah, they, they definitely do. Uh, Cause I think if you just went straight power ratings, that this is an easy over. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and for me, it, it's more of just, I'm going to say over for the purpose of the podcast, but I'm not really looking to, to bet this. Uh, you know, I have a little notes column here, bet lean or guess. This is firmly in the guest category guys. Um, but they had hooker they decided to let him walk to tennessee i mean not let him but they they went with with burmeister they have a really really nice receiving core including including the tight end the offensive line i think should still be good maybe not quite as good as it was last year more balanced on offense and they were also doing some really weird stuff last year on the you know departed uh, barton and bud show um we talked about how they were basically letting teams run on them because you know running is a little bit less efficient than passing. And they had just had such a bad secondary last year with all the COVID guys being out all the time. They were playing walk-ons. Uh, I think it hurt their ability to play defense. I don't know what the mindset of this team is going to be. To be honest, I, I really don't. I, this is not a team I, I want to be putting my money on. But For you know, for the podcast purposes, I'm going to go ahead and, and take them for the over. Um, I just think eight's more likely than six. But, you know, is is four it's just you know, it's four or five just as likely as six? You I know think what I mean? So. Like this team could easily bottom out.
0: Right. And if you bottom out, that's when I start flipping uh, Boston College to the other side. That's when maybe I flip Georgia Tech to the other side. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them rack up. I, I've got it at seven and five, but I would actually be like a push to under on that one where you're just you're just playing the odds that things don't go well and it starts spiraling quickly. Not anything don't so want here? for, but yeah. For the podcast, right. I'll do the under. I think it's I do think it's seven and five, but I am I'm too bullish on North Carolina, Pitt, Miami, and I even think at West Virginia could end up being a loss. That could be a Mountaineers win right there. And then all of a sudden it's gonna be really tough to uh to get to eight and four. So I'm I'm seven and five, and uh, on the bet I would take the under.
1: they might be a dog at the Mountaineers, by the way. Yeah. That uh, I, I'm leaning under too. Like I, I think push is the most likely outcome. But I just, when it comes to when I was trying to figure this out, this isn't this isn't anything I'm betting. But I just think that the whole bottom falling out factor. If things get off to a slow start, like this is a season where Virginia Tech could easily surprise a lot of people and end up being one of the best teams in the Coastal because there is still some talent on that roster. But it's just with the coaching situation in the hot seat. If they get off to a slow start, this is a situation where we could just see them spiraling. Justin Fuente could be an in season firing. We could see come, you know, November a team that really just is out of it and doesn't really care and just completely just kind of, you know, packs it in and gets ready for next season. So I, I think the I'm taking the under before the over, but I'm not really betting
3: anything. I hate both Virginia schools, Virginia <laughs> Tech and Virginia. Like from the standpoint of these bets. Like I just Oh, oh, oh. Them. Funnier. No. funnier. <laughs> don't cut that and just like splice it right there. Um from the bet, I, I don't like either one of these. I'm kind of on the I'm in the exact same place as you. I would go push to under though. I, you know, I'm a believer in culture. I'm a believer of the way the season unfolds. And if you look at a one and two start, which I think is probably the more likely scenario for the hokies starting off like if they're one and two, those articles are going to start being written. The questions are going to be asked of the players about Fuente's future. And yeah, maybe they could get it back on track with a win against uh, Richmond. But then if they lose to Notre Dame, which again is a more likely scenario, then all of a sudden those questions come back and I could see the team throwing in the towel on Fuente on the pro, you know, just saying, oh, this season's gone to, to crap. Here we go. It's going off the rails. So I would say the more I would, I feel better about the under than the push, even so. I guess I, yeah, I would. I would. I, I'm taking the under, but again, Virginia, Virginia Tech. I don't like either of these numbers for either program. Coming up
0: on the other side, we dive into those Wahoos with another round number sitting right there at six. Is this Virginia team a bowl team? We'll get into that and more
1: next. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
0: CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I I am a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan.
3: I'm the queen of the tribe.
1: I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm going to play this game four speed.
3: I ain't going
2: down like no punk.
1: A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming
2: on Paramount+. Plus.
0: So the uh, Virginia Cavaliers over under set at six wins. Uh, we got Broncos return on this schedule. I mean, I, I love it. UVA at BYU. Bronco getting to go back and, and face the Cougars. Uh, you've also got William & Mary. You've got Illinois. And you also have Notre Dame on the schedule. Notre Dame will be coming to Charlottesville for that that grand uh um, home field advantage in scott stadium so over under set at six right now uh who who wants dibs on this one
1: i'll go i'm actually kind of fond of the over here okay and not just because they're my beloved who's but i i, I think this is a team that I, as we know i like bronco men and i like bronco men and like teams and i think that there is enough talent on this roster and as we talked about earlier like when you get to the middle of the coastal like there's a lot of room to maneuver for everybody. So you never really know what's going to happen. But looking at the schedule, I think William and Mary's a win. I think Illinois at home is very likely a win. I think Wake Forest at home is very likely a win. Duke at home is very likely a win. Georgia Tech at home is very likely a win. So we've got five wins right there for a total that needs to get to six and get over six. I think BYU on the road, it's going to be a fun story with Bronco going back. But as we've talked about on this show, the BYU we see this year is probably not going to be anything like the BYU we saw last year as far as results. I think that the, B, the they obviously they lost a lot. They lose Zach Wilson. They lose a plenty of stop players, but they're also going to be playing a more difficult schedule. So I think Virginia is probably going to go on the road and can beat BYU and Provo. I think they can beat Louisville at Louisville. I think that they can beat Pitt, although I'm leaning more Pitt there. But I just think that if you look, they they're kind of lucky in that they have to play both North Carolina and Miami. But as far as the win total is concerned, since both of them are on the road, I don't think any of us were giving them a a huge chance Mm. to win those games, even if it's at home. So it's like, those are just kind of write-offs fine. Those are two losses that are going to come. But elsewhere, I just think that Notre Dame at home, they're probably going to lose. But those are the only three games where I look at and say, man, this Cavs team doesn't really have a chance. The other nine games, I think they should be favored or they're going to be well within range to pull off an upset if they're short dogs. So... I, I, this is something I'm actually very much considered betting, the over on Virginia this year.
0: I anecdotally think that Virginia's a team that if it's a... Well, they don't have a lot of explosiveness offensively. I do like Brendan Armstrong and, you know, Keaton Thompson's doing that. You know, I'm a Mr. Everything. You can move me all around the offense. That, not really explosive. But for some reason, I just... I like Virginia in a close game. Like, if you tell me that there are going to be close games... The following games will be close games: Illinois, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. If you think all of those games are going to be close when the fourth quarter starts, I just I've got this this faith. I've got this confidence in Virginia not going to be in a team that's going to trip all over itself trying to close out a win or trying to make the plays that it needs to win. So, like I'm acknowledging that Illinois, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech are all games that, based on the rosters, could flip the other way and be losses. But I've got them all as wins. I'm also on the over six here.
2: I'm on the over six as well. Um, I I actually like this a decent bit. Not something I want to go out and you know crush because you do have to lay a dollar twenty five as opposed to just a dollar ten. Um, but I mean, I, I I think that there's a somewhat of a chance they'll be favored at BYU. That's not particularly a, a team that scares me all that much this year. I really agree with Tom's point about going on the road. Like if you're not a team that's competing for the, for the, the conference, you want to get your most likely losses to be on the road so that you can get the, those more winnable games at home. Just like Tom said, it's like I'd much rather play Clemson on the road. I don't know how many overs I'm going to bet for teams that play Clemson at home. Cause you're wasting a home game that you're not going to win unless Clemson gets hit with COVID or DJ goes down. Right? Like otherwise it's just not really winnable for most of these teams that, that don't, are, don't really have a, a real shot to win you know the conference um tom i want to ask you about illinois real fast what what would you make uva to be at illinois like 80 percent 70 70 ish yeah okay. I, I, yeah and you're still going over just just yeah as, as i am as well okay mm-hmm. yeah i'm taking the over
3: is uh oh, go ahead danny I was going to say, I'm on the over too. Again, I I don't love either one of these Virginia bets that we're playing out. But I think, and this may be foolish considering how lopsided it's been in the past 20 years, I think it comes down to the Commonwealth Cup. But Virginia's playing at home. And I know it's a rivalry game and anything could happen. But I just feel like Virginia will have more invested in this game than the Hokies will. But I think it'll be that close. So I'm going to take the over.
0: Rivalry game, anything can happen, favors Virginia in the Commonwealth Cup because Virginia Tech is the more talented roster. If everybody plays to 100% potential in that game, Virginia Tech probably wins, which is why they won year after year for so long. But uh, we'll, we'll see. That,
2: that rivalry is kind of like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, where it's like anything can happen in Bedlam. I'm like, yes, correct. Oklahoma can win by a little bit, by medium amount, <laughs> or by a lot. Right. But doesn't uh, it feel like
0: Bronco changed that when he snapped the streak?
2: Yeah, that's fair. No, that, that they, they, they do have a more recent one over them than, uh, than Oklahoma State does. And I, I agree with Chip. I'm, I'm having fun here. Yeah, I mean, um,
0: Virginia has had the pleasure of getting its ass kicked by Clemson and Charlotte more recently than Virginia Tech.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is your worry for this team? Like, since we all took over, we should probably you know, have a little fairness and, and discuss <laughs> – like, if, if this goes under, it's because, what, the – the passing game does not unlock any additional explosiveness, and yes. the pass rush takes a step back. And maybe the getting the guys back who missed due to COVID in the secondary doesn't help them as much as we project. Because like those are the two the two priors areas I'm worried about. I am projecting, uh, you know, a good amount of, of improvement in the secondary just by not having much walk-ons playing.
0: Um, yeah. I think that they're pretty good defensively in the back. I agree with maybe your concerns up front, but ultimately it comes down to they uh, are not built to be able to keep up. And if they find themselves in some holes, then they're going to have, have trouble being able to uh, climb back into games.
1: Yeah, if it, like is a team that just has to you know, stay on schedule as far as like being in a game. Yes. But it, I agree with you, Chip, though, because you talked about earlier how it's like you feel more confident in Virginia in a close game late. And I think that's just because they tend to be pretty well coached and they don't like make stupid mistakes to beat themselves. And I think that's another reason why I'm pushing towards the over. But th- there's definitely a concern as far as the talent level, like in the passing game with the quarterback spot where it's like – yeah, there, there's, there's plenty of reason to think they could finish under.
0: I like Armstrong in, in Flashes, in Dan Flashes, in he little bits consistent, that though, I've gotten. Yeah. yeah. Count them out! That brings us to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It is year three for Jeff Collins, and right now the odds makers are not seeing a bowl game. That over-under set at five in the non-con, you've got Northern Illinois, you've got Kennesaw State, but you've also got uh, Notre Dame, and of course, good old-fashioned hate against Georgia at the end of the season. Um, this is a team that I describe as a high-variance team just because of the youth that they They've recruited some some talented players. I think Jeff Sims is a dude. I think Jameer Gibbs is a dude. But as they've been in thrust into action, it's gonna be some you know uh, some high highs and some low lows. Uh, I still can't get to where I want this team to be. Um, I'm, I'll go ahead and take this one first. I'm going under. Uh, I think that Northern Illinois Kennesaw State are the, the two that you give that's easy. At Duke, I'll go ahead and give them that as well. But, I mean, I gave them a chaos win against Pitt, but I think that that Pitt could be Boston College. I think that that Pitt, that game could be Virginia, Virginia Tech. I just keep coming up with four and eight, and even if they exceed it and flip one of these games that I've got as a loss, where you've got, like, Clemson, UNC, Miami, Notre Dame, Georgia. I mean, Georgia Tech is one of the toughest schedules in the country. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going under here at five.
3: What? What is the total, official total for us?
2: Five. And the juice is minus 110 on both sides.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I had found it at four and a half, but that's, but if we're using five. Uh, so I'll give you mine real quick, just because we're thinking about it. Initially, when I found it at four and a half, I was like, ooh, I kind of like the over. You know, year three, you should see massive improvement. I think taking over a, uh, and changing a system and recruiting to a new system with what you had had there in place for a really long time with Paul Johnson it was like, man, massive jump. And then I went and tried to go, all right, how am I to get my five wins? And just like you did chip, I have a really hard time finding it and found the schedule to be the biggest, um, you know, problem for the over. So I'm going to take the under as well. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see Jeff Collins. Like, and I, and, Maybe they're the surprise team, which I think it would be if they went, you know, six seven wins in the ACC. I just can't look at the schedule and find five wins, five or more wins in that case. So that that one made it even easier for me that it's at five. I'm going to take the under because I think push is probably your worst case scenario.
1: Yeah, I, I tried to like I went into the exercise, like, and they're thinking I was probably I was like, you know what, I, I'm kind of liking Georgia Tech this year, but then I get into their schedule. And it's just, it's hard to see it. Cause like you guys mentioned, this is, you've got a, you know, national title contender in Clemson on the road. You've got an ACC contender in North Carolina. You've got Notre Dame team. That's been in the playoff two of the last three years. You, then you've got Georgia and like, those are four really difficult games. And you've got a road trip to Miami. That is another ACC, you know, in the coastal contender. So And then when you look at the roster, it's like, I I like the quarterback. I like the running backs. I like what they do in the run game. I hate their offensive line. I thought their offensive line was terrible last year, and I have a hard time envisioning there being enough of a change between last season and this season where that unit can be good enough to be a strength. Like, it it might not be terrible, but it's still probably going to be somewhat subpar. So as I I, I go through this, I think that there are three wins. I think, you know, Northern Illinois – Kennesaw State and Duke are probably wins. And I think that when you get to the coin flick games with everybody else, the, the other average teams in the ACC, I could see them getting two of those wins. I really can't see them getting three. So I'm probably on a push here, but if I'm taking a side, I have to slightly lean under before any other way. This is a pretty good example
2: of why you want to shop around. Oh, to uh, find, go not, find
0: a four and a half somewhere.
2: I would yeah. not play the under four and a half. Just wouldn't do it. Um, but when William Hill hangs a price under five minus one ten, and other books are are hanging a price of four and a half minus one thirty five minus one forty, I mean you're you you have a decent edge there just based on William Hill compared to the rest of the market, which dictates that you need to play the under if you could find any kind of justification for doing so. If you're going to play the William Hill number, I I. I actually was higher on Georgia tech before ACC media day. And then I talked to some people who are around the team and I was like, what do you guys think? And it was like, the number's like four and a half or five. You're like, Oh my God, no, this team, if, if they can get to four wins, that that'd be an accomplishment with this schedule. I, I think the schedule is priced in to the number like Vegas knows the, the teams that are on the schedule. All, I think it's important yeah, all to early,
0: it. all early strength of schedule metrics have Georgia tech, like number one in the entire country yeah. out of one they've got five top 15 teams on that schedule.
2: Right. You're not getting a jump on your bookie just by noting that the schedule is tough. You might be, you know, getting jumped if you don't pay attention to the schedule, <laughs> right? Cause that, that can lead you to, you know, to lose a good bit of money. Uh, but I, 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 I think that, one and three in the BC pit UVA Vatech lineup is more likely than three and one there two and two gets you the push unless they can pull an upset of the other ones. And I just don't know how likely they are to upset a UNC or Notre Dame on the road or Georgia, you know, Miami Clemson. So I'm, I'm going to go under here as well.
0: Count oh. them up. The Duke blue devils. Over, under, set at three and a half. Uh, they've got Northwestern, Kansas, Charlotte, and North Carolina a in the non-con cross division. They will be facing off against Wake Forest, their annual rival, and Louisville. And the the game, uh, to me, when breaking this down with Duke set at three and a half, is will Duke get an ACC win? Because I will give Duke Charlotte, I will give Duke Kansas, and I will give Duke NC and T the watch out, man. Ants and a good football program. Uh, I'll give Duke those three wins. And I think the best chance for an ACC win is probably uh, August 9th against Georgia Tech, August 16th against Virginia, or October October 9th against Georgia Tech, 16th against Virginia, or October 30th against Wake Forest. Like, if they can't get one against Georgia Tech, Virginia, or Wake Forest, then this is probably going to end up going under. Anybody feeling... Good about the Gunnar Holmberg era? Anybody Is that your pick? Rot? Oh, yeah, I'm going under. All right. I'm also
1: under. I'm pretty much in line with you. It's like, I'm not, I, I think they're going to beat Charlotte. I think they should beat Kansas, but I don't even see that as like a slam dunk. Like, I don't, I, from what I've seen in Duke in recent years, it's like, I think they're better than Kansas and they're going to be favored and they should win, but I'm not going to just say, oh yeah, that's a win. And as you mentioned, NCA and T, that's a good FCS team. I don't think Duke's in the clear there. I think Northwestern's going to be tough. So it's like, I feel like that Charlotte, NCA, and T and Kansas are three must wins for them. And I'm not 100% sure they're going to get it. And then I'm the same way with you in the ACC. It's hard to go through these games and be like, well, that's the game that they're definitely going to win. Like, I think they could beat Georgia Tech more often than not at home, but I can't guarantee it. So at three and a half, I mean, I would not be surprised to see this team start three and one and then go winless in the conference.
3: I want to take the over so bad. Just because you like, do like not, him. No, do it. Yeah, I love cut. Yeah. Like, he's awesome. He's one of my favorite coaches in the business, but I feel like this program is trending in the wrong direction. Like he's changed his offensive play caller. He's handed over the reins. Um, you know, the winds have been dropping. They haven't had that season where, Oh, okay. Duke's having a great year. I, and I just – I have a really hard time finding them. I hope I'm wrong on this one. I don't love this play in any direction. Um, I'll take the under, kind of go along with you guys because I, I I have a hard time finding it. I think they have to be careful against Charlotte. Oh, no, 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 no.
0: Will Healy – hey, we like Will Healy, but he's not going to have like that entire – team ready to go for course you know what happened when charlotte played app state last year all that inspiration rah-rah stuff worked for about i don't know 18 minutes of game time and then about midway through the second quarter app state was like wait a second all right these tryhards they need to they need to (laughs) cool down a little bit and app state took control of that game i feel like that's hey listen i maybe i'll be proven wrong i say that with endearment will healy wherever you are but uh I, i i feel comfortable giving uh duke that win and i i think duke's 10 points better than kansas Really? I think so.
1: Maybe. I just, I don't think that's a slam dunk though. I just don't.
2: I'm giving, I'm I'm taking the over here all day.
0: Sick. Wow.
2: Wow. Talk talk to me. All right. So do you remember what team was the first to pull out of the ACC basketball tournament?
1: Duke. Duke.
2: Yeah. That's a university that took all this COVID stuff real seriously, right? Like I think there was very much an attitude like, oh, sports don't matter. We're in a global pandemic, et cetera, where some universities weren't. In trying to figure out like which results from last year I'm going to discount more, I was trying to figure out mentality and some of this stuff. And that's very hard to do. But I do think that – I think you're safer than not assuming that Duke had some issues with that last year. Not like, hey, everybody's out with COVID, uh, but more of the like this is – do we want to be here? That type of thing. Now, look, they may show up this year and not want to be here again. If so, I'm cooked because they'll probably lose to Charlotte and whatnot if, if that's the case. But if they have any fight in them and any bounce back, you know, I I do think that I don't think Kansas is a lock, but I, I would make them close to double digit favorites. You know, probably make it like nine ish. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: you know, I I think UNC A and T is most likely a lock. And then here's the real key to this: I don't really think that three is more likely than four. Which is, I mean, duh. Of course, like if you're going to bet the over, that's you know, it's a truism. But like, are they really? No shot against Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Louisville, Pitt, UVA, Va Tech. Like I, Miami and UNC, I get. Those teams are a little bit different level, talent level and they're more proof of concept. The rest of those teams have a ton of uncertainty, guys. Like I, this is the ACC. I, I am very much principally trying to bet teams back to the middle when I can. Mm-hmm. Like I want to bet those teams, you know, seven, half, eight, eight, nine, back to, back to six wins. And I want to try to bet the teams that have, you know, real low, up because there's just not that big of a difference in talent on most of these teams. And I know what I just did with Georgia tech, but that's basically just talking to folks there um, that led me to go under on that. I, I, th- I think I need to take the over here.
0: It's uh, it is an Adam, Adam gold sort of um, cornered this one. And I, I think it tests out. It's a very, you know, the idea is if you go back and you look at all of David Cutcliffe's Duke teams, you know, they took the small steps and they built up. They won the Coastal. They had a little bit of another, like 16, 17, 18, had another couple bowl appearances. Uh, it just always comes down to quarterback. You know, Sean Renfrey was a good quarterback. You know, Anthony Boone was a good college quarterback. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones. Thomas Cirk was kind of figuring it out, but Chase Bryce was one of the worst quarterbacks at the Power Five level last year. And if you like Duke this year, then you hope that Gunnar Holmberg, somebody that the coaching staff is excited about um, that he's going to be able to, to step up and follow in that line of being uh, a, a good quarterback, because when Duke has gotten good quarterback play, they've been able to overcome an offensive line that is outmatched most Saturdays. And they've been able to overcome some of the, you know, lack of explosiveness that they've had. They've had some good pass catchers, but it's got to all be about getting good quarterback play for Duke to be able to have a successful season.
2: What level of QB play do they need to win four games? Because like, really, they just need to find a way to win one ACC game here,
0: right? Better than Chase Bryce, with undoubtedly.
2: Could Chase, or could, can Garrett Homberg have a good game? That's what I want. I don't care I if see, the other seven games suck. Just, just, just give me need Georgia, one good game. Give me one and good don't game. Don't screw around
0: against Kansas and Charlotte. Yeah, give me one good game against like Wake or Georgia Tech. Because what would you would you say that? That's uh, do you have the, like Duke is like seven points behind Wake or Georgia Tech, or is that gap smaller?
2: I know. I think it's it's seven, seven and
0: a half. Yeah. Mm, they can do it. Bud just wants one good Gunnar Holmberg game in ACC play, and then we'll be cruising to this over. Uh, we will be tackling the ACC Atlantic Division in our next episode. And a reminder at the end of this whole series, when we're done traveling across the country with our win totals, we will offer you our win totals locks uh, for our very very best picks. Uh, but Uh, best of luck to you as you take this information on forward. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Connell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else?